Hey guys, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Nursing Handover Podcast. You have your tantalizing trio back with another episode. You have me, Jerry, lovely Diane, and Clarissa. We've got a special guest today. We have Yvette, who runs the Ask Nurse page, and she's here to have a, a catch up with us and a discussion. So, how are all you ladies doing? All good, thank you. Just chilling out and cleaning the house. How are you, ladies? I'm good. I'm literally just here plodding along, really, waiting for the time to come oh, before yeah. the big appearance. But apart from that, I'm all right. Diane yeah. and Vet, how are you guys? I'm all right. I'm just waiting for my four weeks to finish now um, and just kind of making plans for when that's all done, really. Diane, but- you sound so over it. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Oh gosh. But hi guys. Yeah, I'm all right. I've got four days left of consolidation. So I mean, I mean, I'm reaching high, high, high into the sky and I'm gonna lay on a cloud <laughs> and I'm just gonna rest <laughs> and just be free after this week. That's that's I'm me right telling, now. I'm telling you. I resonate with that feeling so much. You know when your life has not been your own for one year? Mm. Like, it doesn't Ugh. belong to you. It's not yours. Crazy scene. You two sound over it completely already, though. Like, definitely. You guys are just over it. <laughs> I don't want to. I wouldn't blame you guys. Like, watching both of you go through it, this course does not sound like fun at all. Uh-huh. I wouldn't wish it my worst enemy, mate. <laughs> <laughs> If I don't like you, I'll send you there without support. <laughs> I wouldn't even send someone I don't like. That's how bad it is. You guys, you guys got to let me know why is it so bad. Obviously, I come from an adult background. So for me, this is all new and really interesting. Well, you can still do it as an adult. So you hope yeah. an adult an adult nurse can still be a health bizarre, for example. And a school yeah. nurse. And a school nurse. And a school nurse. So you could still do it. I think okay. for, for me, from my perspective, why it's been hard is, A, I've never had physical interaction with, with my classmates. I've never gone to the university physically. It's mm, always been one home. time. Never. Really? You know, oh, yeah. No, I keep never. forgetting that I'm doing it virtually. My ID card. Where is it even? This ID card <laughs> here. Yeah? This ID card <laughs> was emailed to my house, was posted to my house. I've never physically wow. gone to university. Wow. I think I've seen people on my course two of them once last year no when was it oh my god in april this year wow wow and my other gstt classmates i think i've seen them we meet because we've met on like an introduction day but we've never seen the entire class in its entirety um secondly yeah and secondly i think it's the fact that they compact so much in one year Mm -hmm. that how much do you even understand? And I'm not that I'm going to be an unsafe practitioner, I'm going to be competent, but as you're trying to digest what's going on, they're throwing more at you. It's like you're surfing a wave and you're just drowning, but you're still trying to stay on, stay on the surf, surfboard. You're just trying to keep afloat while you're like, your face is underwater. Literally. Honestly, just watching the aunties in my, <laughs> in my team do it. Like I was telling Diane, like one of the aunties was telling me she's lost like a good 10 kg from this course. <laughs> And I was that just like, yeah, I, can't, I can't do this. Like, if you're telling oh, me that, God. I have no hope. <laughs> like, literally everything <laughs> Diane said. But do you know what it is as well? Is that when you haven't 
studied for a long time as well. It doesn't mm. help. So I wouldn't say mine's been super long, to be honest. Uh, mine was about two years. But also depending on the type of learner you are. Like, so Diane's saying that like, you're not going into class. I mean, yeah. practically for my everyday life, that is amazing. What? I don't have to see people. And mm-hmm. I have to do small talk, all of that. Mm. Yeah, that, that's a bit of me. But the problem is, is that I need discipline. So the fact that I'm not going into university, being in a classroom, having a teacher there, lecturer, is very difficult because mm. I'm at home, I can lay in bed, I can do whatever, and your focus is not there, let's be honest. You yeah. might start off strong because in the beginning, I would wake up, I would work out, I'll sit downstairs, I would do everything, even though certain lessons, when it gets to a certain point, it was so boring, I'm not going to lie. But at least that discipline was still there. Yeah. yeah. When I went to Ghana and I came back, very cheeky of me to go on holiday <laughs> how did you how how did you even find doing your stuff abroad how did you even get internet connection did i do i didn't do nothing there <laughs> <laughs> there's your answer, Jerry. There is your answer. well she went to enjoy it and she enjoyed well guys she carried For the laptop real. she carried the laptop to carry the laptop but I no i carried the laptop to carry the laptop that's it decoration <laughs> taking my kg for nothing <laughs> <laughs> I literally did all my assignments that were due whilst I was in Ghana before. So I did that before. Yeah. And mm. then like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know? Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> Even them trying to ring you. It's not happening. They were ringing me. First, it's the emails that was making me laugh because they were like, oh, I thought you would have been back by now. Who told you? <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> no, I'm not back by now literally mm-hmm. so but nah do you know it's the course is worth it i'm not gonna lie just just to put it out there first will i recommend it 100 percent, yes like no doubt and i do think that you need it in order to be a public health nurse in yeah. terms of if you're gonna do like mainstream especially i think you need it because mm-hmm. i look at myself before it as a six and look at what i can be now there's a gap no, not to fair. say that I was an incompetent practitioner or whatever, but it has really challenged my practice. Really, really challenged my practice in a way that I'm thinking, rah, like, why didn't I see that before? Do you get what mm. I mean? So I do still feel like I made every contact count, etc. whatever. I was still delivering the public health incentives, the program, whatever, but I definitely tailor it to my own style and definitely deliver in a different way. I think before I was kind of learning of, off, off the people that I was working with basically because they've done it they've been there and I was kind of falling in the deep end so I do feel like even though I was a band six junior sister before yeah yeah all of that I do think it's a different kind because now I sit on interview panels and when I sit on interview panels what I'm looking for I know I wouldn't be looking for a year ago and mm. even now like for example we had interview panels like for band five just band five and we had a, a band six nurse in charge nurse come for it and which is the answer because I'm thinking, mm, I would have expected more from this answer. Considering mm. the role. Yeah. But then I also have to remember that the roles are two completely different roles. You can't tell somebody what a school nurse does. I don't think so, really. No, because people yeah. ask me and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, do you guys stay, just stay there and like give paracetamol to kids in school? And it's like, no, we do so much more. <laughs> <laughs> like, as much as we're based in schools, 
we're also not based in schools. We're doing we're like, the other stuff. Yeah. And I just feel like the course, yeah, where it takes you personally and professionally is unmatched. So, yes, you go through all the stress. Don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, all the emotions in your life that you can ever think that you're going to feel, you will feel it. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. It's worth it. That's fair. I wanted to, sorry, we kind of just jumped into it. I know. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to those who don't know you? I don't know how you don't know her, but please <laughs> you don't introduce. Know <laughs> but please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Yvette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some people might know me as Ox Nurse in my past life. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Arts Nurse is a different person from Yvette, but today you have Yvette with a sprinkle of Arts Nurse. We'll do it like Amen. that. Amen. Yeah. Um, Love that. Yeah. Love that. You know, you can still follow us on Instagram, you know. <laughs> the old posts are there. But and they're very useful. I will say well. that, guys. They are very, very useful. I mean, we'll get to talking into that today. Whatever the ladies <laughs> want to know when it comes to that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. But that's me. Hey. <laughs> so those of you who know, Diane and Yvette have both been on the huh. special public oh, specialist community. CAE public health, health nurse. Nurse. Yeah. What do you call, nurse I call people. it Skiffin? What do you guys call it? Yeah, I call yeah, it Skiffin as well. Yeah. Skiffin, yeah. So that's pretty much what the Skiffin stands for. So they've mm-hmm. both done it. Yvette has done it on a school nurse pathway, and Diane has done the health is in route. So I'm not going to generalise it and say they are the exact same course because I know they're very still very different. Mm-hmm. And there's also many different parts to this different course that I didn't know about, like community nursing and all that jazz. But mm-hmm. yeah, so we're just literally picking their brains about how it's gone. Because I know a few more people that will be going on to the course in September who would like to know firsthand mm-hmm. what it's about. And... the silence says it all but like I I definitely agree with what Yvette's saying like professionally it when you do such courses it does put you in a higher caliber and for what you want to achieve you also Mm. know more because as much Mm -hmm. as we can learn from our colleagues Mm-hmm. As we all know, some of our colleagues are very outdated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And they like to remix and freestyle. Exactly. And when mm-hmm. you ask them, the evidence base isn't there. They don't even have the rationale. They just do it because they're following what someone else told them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I would say, from the health visiting point of view, we're in a generation, a society where people question everything you do. Mm-hmm. Even if you have your ID on and you present yourself really well. There's always going to be that one person or that one parent who will challenge you. And they've Googled before they even walked into the door. So they need to know you know your stuff. Um, and I would definitely mm-hmm. agree that it does give you that foundation, that confidence to say, yeah, I do know what I'm talking about. I am a specialist in my own right. You mm-hmm. know, I can support you mm-hmm. properly and efficiently to the best of my ability. So don't mess with me in that way. Like, I know what I'm talking about. Just because I'm young, I ain't got no babies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and... To me, like, you you are more confident. I think one of the reasons I even went into skipping was to become more of an autonomous practitioner because I definitely mm-hmm. felt like in NICU I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Like I said, I always say it, I love NICU. It's my first love. But I always felt that you could hide behind a team really easily. 
you didn't always have to be in the forefront of decision making whereas here you're mm-hmm. a lone practitioner and you need to stand on your own to feet and stand on your own knowledge and in a lot of situations you're going to be the the person that is advocating for that family you're going to be the person that the, the mom's going to call the dad's going to call in an emergency or they need to ask a question it's you they're going to call and, and ask for so I felt like it challenged me personally as well as professionally um it's not for the faint-hearted that's one thing I'll say you the have to work job. hard both okay both because there's more babies and children and families than there are bodies of of health visitors um so it's not for the faint-hearted but it's very rewarding um watching children grow watching parents flourish empowering people to make the most amazing decisions and you're part of that is like the best thing ever can you hear my mm. mom oh, fuck, I hear her. but yeah it's like it's the best thing ever um, would I, like I said, would I do it again? No, I would not do this course again. No, <laughs> like I'm glad I've got the qualification. I'm happy. But one thing I think, one of the things I would say is make sure you pick a good university to go to. Very important. Key. Key. What do you was- feel like your university did not provide? What do you feel was lacking? Oh my God. I just, <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah, all I will say is if you go on to Ask Nurse and we did a live where we talked about the course, yeah? I divulged bits and pieces there. But mm-hmm. what, I w- what I will definitely say is the institution that you choose definitely has an impact on how you feel on the course, 110%. Yeah, big time. I agree. So, I yeah. agree. So um, I went to City. Um, and I had been there before for my um, neonatal course, so when you become a specialist in neonates. And I loved it, and I loved it so much better than my undergrad. So for my undergrad, I went to Hertfordshire. Not that it was bad, like, it was really good. They were very supportive. I was just in a different space. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I experienced it doing a neonatal course, I was like, no, for my skiffing, I definitely want to go to City, 100%. And I will say the course has been smooth sailing. I mean, don't get me wrong, they do, like, put a lot together that I maybe would have rejigged a little bit but generally I would say I 100% recommend going to city and the difficulty is that you don't always get a choice if we're going to be honest so Mm. if you want to go to somewhere like city which I recommend if you're looking to move a different trust just find out what um, university they're linked with and then you can consider um, doing it that way so if you're interested in an area that you want to go to just call them up literally ask to speak to their practice teacher and say what universities do you generally um link up with for the skiffing course etc and then you can kind of that can actually help you make a decision to be honest um so not saying that city is going to be for everyone but when it comes in terms of support i would definitely say support is there 100 um the link lecturers your module leaders actually take time to actually you know explain things to you if you're struggling or anything so that's my experience they really do support you and encourage you in everything so I felt like every single module leader was approachable and then the course leader is very approachable as well so um, that would be my recommendation but in terms of the course you said you wouldn't do it again I would do it again and I can't believe that I would do it again because I'm really not a theory-based person I mm-hmm. don't like practice I don't like studying basically in a nutshell I didn't enjoy school either but um I feel like compared to my undergrad and a neonatal course this has been my best course and 
I don't know if it's because I've always wanted to be a school nurse. So maybe the neonatal course, I did it because I wanted to further my knowledge and stuff like that. And that's something yeah. I always want to do. Mm-hmm. But the skiffin, I would definitely 100% do it again. That I would do it again. I don't I even know. I'm saying this right now. You know what? She's, she's, saying, she's saying this because there's four days to go. But <laughs> she knows this time next oh, week okay. it will be done. <laughs> but you know, she's now just reminiscing right now. No, but I'm actually deep in it though. Like, okay, I wouldn't want it to be one year. Let me change that. I would do it again, but it would have to be eighteen months. Agreed, hundred percent. I would do it again. It has to be eighteen yeah. months. It has to be eighteen Definitely. months. Definitely. Why it do you guys think months. they cram it in into a year just to make it easier to employ people at the end? And has it always been a year, by the way? Yeah, always yeah. been a year. They are considering yeah. to do it two years now. They've been yeah. saying this two-year thing for a long time. For ages though, isn't it? Yeah. For ages. And the thing that I don't agree with the um, two-year thing is that because once it becomes a two-year, it's going to be an apprenticeship. Yeah. And that is a band four. And I feel like that's not giving enough credit to the role. Yes. So yeah. I, that's why I don't agree with it. If they're going to say months or two years and maintain it at the level that is at, Bob's your uncle, that's fine. But to say that you're bringing it to a four, I think is a little bit disrespectful to the role. Yeah, I echo that completely. I think you're diluting the quality of the qualification, mm-hmm. minimizing how much work goes into what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You're almost like destroying the specialist aspect of it because mm-hmm. it is a specialist role. Not anybody can do it. That's why mm-hmm. the course is so robust and so compact because mm-hmm. that's what you need to know to, yeah. to, to do your role and do it well. Um, and I think apprenticeship, to me, it cheapens it, to be honest. It yeah. does because it's not a postgrad. Like it they're is a turning it into a four. They're turning it into a band four course. Yeah, yeah so like the training. Over what? two years. Yeah. Seriously? No. That actually takes the piss. I just feel like it comes with the fact that the national profession is not respected, is it? When is no. it ever? Yeah, so this doesn't even surprise Definitely me. Isn't. Yesterday I'm there getting notification pay your NMC by the end of September. Did I just close the email? I thinking, can you just come and get out of here? <laughs> <laughs> My God. It's what date is it? The 7th of August. I'm telling you. You're already sending me a reminder for 30th of September. Yeah. You're already looking for your money. That's, that's the bit that hurts. You're at, like, the ink has not dried on my new qualification. Because hmm? don't forget, we're going to register on two different registers as well now. Wait, so what happens? Mm-hmm. In, what happens, you know? What, ha- wait, what happens? In, what happens in What two registers? <laughs> so, like, you're, so, like, let's say we're paediatric nurses. So you're, you're registered as a paediatric nurse and as a skiffing nurse. Mm-hmm. So you're registered twice. And then if so, you're a prescriber as yeah. well, you're registered as a prescriber. Well, you guys have to, like, complete mm-hmm. the hours for all three. Because this is what I don't understand. Um, no. no. So when you have a double, it's still 450 is when you have a triple you gotta do 900 like 900 good. hours um then 70 instead of the 35 you gotta do 70 hours but you do i think it's still five and five of the reflections and mm. the evidence thing but in terms mm. of hours it's double that's a lot but only as a thing fair enough yeah imagine i'm already calculating <laughs> are you also a prescriber as well because i know like um because i remember like diane telling me that she had to do some of the tests and stuff oh no i don't have to do school nurses don't have to be prescribers um in the university that i went to so there's Fair some enough. universities that get both of them to do it 
Um, yeah. I think it makes sense, to be honest, because now my workplace is telling me that, oh, you're going on a prescribing course. Can you imagine? I'm just like... You just finish one and another one. Well, <laughs> just give me time and then I will see. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I think it was hard, but I'm very grateful that I have the qualification. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made me think of mm-hmm. how more employable I'll be and also made me want to... Mm-hmm, like actually start using it and practice doing it so when I am mm-hmm. out there I can actually help my family rather than sending them to the pharmacy or to the GP if I can give it prescribe it for them it's obviously easier mm-hmm. um but another thing I would advise for anybody again like what Yvette was saying about calling up trust beforehand because for example the trust that I am in half the people who are practice teachers can't prescribe so only some people can prescribe there you go but this sponsoring trust require you to take the prescribing course, whether you're a school nurse or you're a health visitor. You have to how does that it. make any sense when the practice teachers can't do it themselves? Well, here we go. And how does this sign you off? Child, let's not talk about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> it literally I mean, just blows my I mean, mind. I mean, I was the lucky one that I mean, my assessor can do everything, so she's in a Scribe and everything like that and she's had got like 14 years experience so she was fantastic but she ended up having to sign for five people Hmm. which to me that's my you know that is showing that the workforce isn't equipped to take on all these students Mm. for example yeah and then you're doing those students a disservice they're not getting the exposure that they actually need yeah Mm -hmm. but they're walking around Mm -hmm. with this qualification do you get what I mean? Yeah. It's like, the, it's like decoration. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> I think you just highlighted such a important part, though. The, the workforce is just not equipped, you know? It, it just highlights how not ready we are. The energy itself. Saying that, it must also be similar for you, Clarissa, in sexual health. Like, you may come yeah. across seniors that actually can't do some of the stuff that you're going out to go and train to do. I call it role protection. I feel like it, it, they protect like the band sevens. They protect the role of a band seven. They protect the role of a band six. In some clinics, there are certain things you can and can't do. As a band five, where I was before, we were, we were meant to do everything. And it was absolutely amazing because we got that exposure. Mm-hmm. We got the skill under our belt. But then certain clinics, as a band five, you literally don't do anything. And even as a band six, in the clinic I work now, they're so for you. They want you to go on a prescription course already. They want you to do um, coil training, implant training as a band six. And in the clinic, there are some discussion of whether band six should do it, should not. Um, and then there are some clinics I just won't allow that for band six. I think I just call it role protection. Some clinics just want to protect their role. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, certain things you can and can't do and there's a lot of people that can't do certain things but they do another thing instead yeah and and then... it just doesn't make sense it doesn't it doesn't make sense it doesn't correlate it's just such a shame but I think this also goes back to the whole thing about the whole workforce there's just not enough people who either want to train to do these things or are willing to do it anyway so then it's making it harder for us that are coming that are I use young in terms of inverted commas, but like young, vibrant mm-hmm. nurses that come in wanting to learn everything. When how can we learn it from people that 
don't have any of those skills. Mm. It just makes it also funding, also funding as well. I mean, funding to train its nurses, they would have more retention, employee retention. And then there are some places that just have a lot of funding. It's funding as well needs to be taken into consideration. Funding needs to be taken into consideration, but I'll tell you, there's always funding. There's ways. There there's is definitely ways. You think? There's always funding. I sit in commissioners' meetings. There's always for funding. Real. There's so always where funding. Do put this, where do they put this money? Do they just save it for a rainy day or something? Do you know why there's always funding? Because when they're ready to give it to somebody that they like, that looks like them, the money is there. Speak on it. I hear that. So there is always funding. It's all about how things are. Yeah, how things are presented in the, you know, how they package it. Is the, mm. Yeah, how it's packaged. And also, I guess, the demographic they're trying to serve. Yeah. 100%. Is, it's a big shame, but if that's right, let's not, if we're like, let's call a spade a spade. We have yeah. all seen it, even when like applying for jobs. Mm-hmm. That if your face doesn't fit, you're not getting the job. No, so it's very, very true. And I think that's the bit that is so painful because, for example, somebody can be so impassioned and want to be part of the service and do something and they're constantly being told there is no money or you need to find money or you need to really argue your case to be heard or to try and impart something. When really and truly, if they did bring funding and supported this particular practitioner to do something, you could save more money than another area of the service. Do you get what I mean? Mm-hmm. 100%. Sorry, guys. I don't know if I cut out a little bit. No, it's fine. We can still hear you. I don't know what my internet is doing. Okay. I've got a yeah, question like, just for you, like ladies, the... actually. Yeah, go. Mm-hmm. So, as a sexual health nurse, the trouble we're having is actually bringing in more young people. And, you know, we're trying to bring up the Instagram, we're trying to bring up the TikTok and everything, but obviously, we're not getting enough or as many as we would. Because mm-hmm. you're actually engaged with young, what, how old do you guys go up to? 16? 19. Uh, 19. 19, yeah. So you guys definitely are engaging in those that will need sexual health. How would you say we can maybe get health visitors involved? I mean, what would be the best way to kind of get them to come to the sexual health and, you know, just be a bit more comfortable with it? What do you think is lacking? What's the what's the bridge I mean yeah what do you guys think if I'm honest I think it's bridging the gap between education and sexual health because let's be honest when we were younger we learned a lot of things about sexual health and sex from school in the playground whereas those things are just passed down from like online or things people have heard but I don't know whether it would also come down to having like in school training sessions like as people would be childish and stuff as we already know but I feel like if it was something that was talked about a lot more, I just think when it comes to sex, sexual health, there's a big taboo about it. Because even if you look at people, I say we're all around similar ages. If you talk to certain people around our age, people still feel a type of way when you say, just go to the clinic. Do you you get what I mean? Oh yeah, completely. I see that in the clinic all the time. I think the difficulty that we have right now is that there's no perceived benefits they don't perceive any benefit of going to a sexual health clinic. It's long. 
I can't be asked. I got a bit of their priorities are set differently. So with me right now, my population, I'm working with a people referral unit. So those mm. are people, children that have are not allowed to be in mainstream due to behavior or whatever, etc. And they tell me point blank that they can't be bothered. So in the way that we do things is like now I'm for example I'm C card trained so that's condom card um, distribution and then also like I'm trained to do gonorrhea and chlamydia um, screening obviously that's only two things but obviously with it being the most common around their ages and stuff like that I'm trained so I'll do it there and then and even there and then me having it right in front of them is a battle back and forth to convince them to do it why they don't see the perceived benefits and also if they are positive is another thing that they have to deal with that they don't want to deal with that's the reality of it so I think that um to move it forward honestly you're gonna have to come to them they're not coming to me Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. the truth they're proper not going. and I even look at back when I was younger not Mm. that I needed to go but I went with my friends and I was able to go with my friends because I was allowed to get home at any time you think about Mm. to get home at four o'clock I'm going to a clinic after school I'm not do you know what I mean and you find time for things that are important to you so you might find out okay but you have time to have sex so why don't you have time to go to a sexual health clinic because the perceived benefits there is no perceived benefit of them going to a sexual health clinic unless they're going for contraception Mm. that's mad that is mad I didn't think of it like that, but I, I get that completely. It's still mad. It's still worrying, though, the fact that they don't understand the benefits of just having a sexual health checkup. No, I always say to them, you know? it's just like your physical health, your sexual health. Yeah. Anyway, I'm talking to you now about making the right choice and making the right swaps. This is it's it. really the same. They told me, no, no, no. Like, I get all sorts of stuff every day. They tell me, oh, no, nah, um, but I can just pull out. This is me. I'm not to- only talking to you about sexual health. When, when people think sexual health, they think contraception mm, yeah that's the problem mm-hmm. when it's so mm-hmm. much more than that like yeah are you checking your body like think about infections things like that but their thing is that if they're not cheating there's nothing but then this yeah. even comes out of the fact that people don't even know what bv is like people mm-hmm. don't know what bv and having a urine infection mm-hmm. they're not taught these things and even when they're taught these things in school environments it's very diluted because i do health promotion in school so mm. i get it it's very diluted i think as well so mm. the reality is is that we need to show them what it looks like when they have an sdi you want to see that on your body i think not and i know <laughs> that it's a bit like fit as a like it's like more of a fair approach and i know that sounds so bad but until people see the perceived benefits or the yeah. severity of something when you look at i'm gonna get all theory now when you look at the health belief model you're gonna look at people you can give somebody a h- advice a hundred times but until they feel like they're at risk they ain't gonna listen and even listen. then people are at risk and do it again i know somebody one time that had a stroke from smoking can i tell you when they recovered they went to buy the cigarette again yeah. and they have experienced it now Mm-mm. so even then the perceived severity is just not enough yeah it's crazy but you know what it is it's crazy when you look at it from the outside you know when it i learned this other day like there are two views when you're inside the box and you're outside of the box there's two views mm-hmm. so when you're in the box you see what you see in the box yeah you don't see outside the box because when you're in the box you're playing the role until you're outside the box and you're watching the movie you're gonna see things completely differently for real that's oh, true God. 
I've never thought well. of it that way, you know. That's yeah. definitely an analogy I'm going to take away. Because look when we watch movies, yeah, I think it is this girl crazy. But <laughs> 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 sometimes I look at my own life and I'm like, well, you've done that before. Mm. Hello? Mm. But when you're in it, the view is just completely different. Like, and yeah. when you're in it, it's emotions. And also... Your brain doesn't develop until you're 25 years old. Therefore, the um, most of the time, your decision-making comes from the part of the brain that is used for feelings and emotions. Can't remember the name off by heart. So feelings and emotions. So when you have under 25s, they are not making their decisions rationally or with logic. It's all feelings and emotions. And they're going through all these changes of, you know, adolescence, you know, feelings, body changes, hormones, all of that. You think they got time to go to a sexual health clinic? Yeah, studying, having to make their decisions moving forward in terms of what career they're going to go for at 18 years old. Not the priority, basically. It's not the priority. I would say one training that I did was um, the adolescent brain. Oh my God, it makes you look at things completely different. And this is why I say I'll do the skiffing again. It was one of my AP days. Like, it's so (laughs) different. Like I'm just like... You even look at it from a personal point of view. And when you look at it from a personal point and you actually understand how humans develop, how our brain develops, when you're now making contact with that family or that yeah. child and you look at it from also a slightly a personal point of view, you you will take steps completely different. I think yeah. as practitioners, even though we are so stretched, you'll be a bit more patient. You'll figure more targeted interventions. You will not long it out of every day following up this family. If I can't follow up the family no more, I'm sorry, I'm going to signpost them to someone that's better than me. Whereas mm-hmm. before you're just like, oh, but I want to make... No, sometimes you need to know that your work is done and the skiffin completely shows you that because you're really looking at things holistically. And that's why I say... Do the course if you really want to be a public health nurse. Do the course. It's much more than health visitor, um, district nurse, school nurse, public health. Because you're looking at the population that you're working in as well. And also, again, like I say, personally, you really like question and think, okay, so this was my environment. This is why. So maybe this is why I like this. And then this Mm -hmm. can help your professionalism, especially when you are using your professional judgment you will look at things completely differently. Do you just give in? From from you just saying that, I can see how it will benefit sexual health completely. Mm Hundred and million percent. Girl, you got got me something to think about, can't I? Definitely going to think about the skipping tonight. Definitely. It's like when we have people that come to, you know, um, what's good again? When you have case conferences, for example. Yeah. They're like, the, the way, the angle that they look at things is that, okay, this parent, let's say, is an angry beaver, whatever, they're not engaging, blah, blah, blah. But why are they not engaging? You're just concerned about their child not having this and this and that and that. Yeah. But what about them? They're providing it for this child. So if you get to the root, yes, we're presented with this case, don't get me wrong, and we need to sort out. But if you fix the root, you fix the problem. Yes, but, exactly. And this is why I don't like tick box things. Don't be just yeah. attending every initial because you have to attend every initial. What are you actually looking at? Yeah. I had a family one time, the child, okay, yeah, she was like, you know, engaging in, um, let's say she was at risk of um, child sexual exploitation, basically, let's say, whatever. But the problem was that that was the problem, yes. But why was that the problem? 
lack of parental um, boundaries. Why is that? Parents are not engaging, whatever. Why could they feel like you're just pointing the finger? You're not actually looking at what this child needs. This girl was going through so much and didn't even have no psychological intervention, no cams. We have something called Lighthouse as well for sexual health victims, things like that. No interaction. Of course, the parents are going to be angry and not engage in services because you're not focusing on their child's well-being. You're focusing on the parent, whether they have substance misuse. Like, come on, let's this oh my god a safeguarding <laughs> safety tool is there for a reason you have the neglect tool you have all of these guidelines that look nice on paper but no one's putting it into practice exactly that's, that's, that's i mean i agree i agree with you because this was something i learned when i did safeguarding it's the think family approach like mm-hmm. regardless that you're looking at the child or the young person or whoever it is in that family, you need to look holistically. What else are the contributing factors? And how can we as a mm-hmm. as professionals support them? Like you said, if yep. I can't do it, who else can I signpost them to to help them? But and people don't people, see it like that. No. Because they think that they're responsible. Shall I tell you why? Because right now in our health profession, just when it comes to safeguarding, there's so much fear. So it's, I don't want to sign post to this person, then maybe it doesn't get picked up or they don't fulfill the needs of this person. Then it's going to come back to me. Then I have to stand in front of it. So, like so if I just carry this on my caseload, I'm maintaining the safety to a certain extent, but I know that they're safe when they're on my caseload. Do you know what I mean? But hand it over. You are not like school nurses only give like tier one maximum tier two advice when it comes to emotional well-being and things like that mm-hmm. i'm putting in that kind of referral i'm seeking school counseling i'm going to families first and things like that because they specialize in those areas i'm a public health nurse meaning general i do general mm-hmm. basic standard and it's just one 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 standard level that's what we do we don't do full interventions to a certain extent so like i think people also need to understand their role yeah, yeah. definitely and understand other people's role. People yes. want to essentially be like, I don't know what the best way is to put it, but like Captain Saver Ho. Yeah. That's the only real yeah. way I can explain it. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I can't do that. I can literally only give you as much as I can give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no Didn't point. Yeah. Sorry, go, go on. Ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. And there's go no ahead. point me trying to fight it and be a superhero <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not a superhero. I have a job to do that I enjoy doing, don't get me wrong. But I can't do it all. This is why we work together holistically in a team for this reason. Why am I going to carry it on my head? And that's what a skiffin yeah. will help you as well because you have the AP days. Um, so that's alternative practice. So it's days where you spend with other professionals that school nurses or health visitors will come in contact with. So I know it's like just one or two days or whatever, but you really get to know what they actually do. And then it makes you think, okay, now when I think of this, I'm going to go to this service. So now when I think of that, I'm going to go to that service. So it helps in that sense, even though it's not in depth. And you'll pray that when you go to AP there, you have someone that will really let you understand mm. the role. Mm. But until you're there, I think you can read all the books in the world. You're never really going to know what the role is about. True. Yeah. And would you say, because I, well, quote me if I'm wrong, guys, every, the boroughs that we work in, all of us, I don't want to call them deprived, but they're deprived. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think us by us working there, it's opened our eyes a lot more to work in somewhere that was more affluent? Not saying that these issues don't happen in affluent boroughs. 
affluent brothers have I think different so. problems. They have different yeah. problems. Yes, this is true. definitely. Like, for example, okay, I'll give an example. The borough I work in, you have a very good mix of deprivation and affluence. Mm-hmm. And the affluent have very different problems than mm-hmm. the deprived ones. So, for example, the deprived mother will breastfeed all the kids with no problem. Right? Well, Naturally, yeah. we'll, we'll do it. The affluent mother has had a lactation consultant come in. She had a tongue tie snip for the baby. She's obsessed with the baby's weight, the baby's skin. Every little thing that changes with that baby, mommy's on hyper alert, very hyper anxious, right? Mm-hmm. But then the same borough, and I'm there help with her for both of these moms. So they have different needs. Yeah. And it's you to mm-hmm. kind of seek out what those needs are. So for example, those two mums, you might think, so the mum who's breastfed all the four kids, but is in a two-bedroom house with, with four children, you know, kids are on the floor because there's no space, is bidding for a house every week, versus the mum who's in a house that she owns on Clapham High Street, um, generational wealth, you know, living her best life. But she could be the one that's got PND, postnatal depression, versus this mum. And yeah. little things that she says could now say, oh, do you know what? Listen to the things she's, she's talking about. So this mum over here who is deprived may never bring her baby to get weighed. And I wouldn't be concerned because I think she's got three kids. She knows what she's doing when I met her. We've got a good understanding. She's got my number. I can touch base with her here and there. This one over here who's affluent could weigh the baby every week. And I'm now saying, no, this is anxiety beginning. Mm-hmm. This is early mm-hmm. onset of personal depression, this obsessive behaviour. So... I quite like working alongside both because the needs are so different. It's crazy. Like the things they, they obsess about or worry yeah. about are very different. Yet you're serving the same population. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you on that. And do you know what most um, boroughs, I would say, have an affluent and deprived side. So that in itself is already a problem. Mm-hmm. And the reason why it's a problem is because of how areas are funded. So you're funded based on the deprivation, but you can have a borough. So my borough that I work in is a classic example of the have and have nots. So mm-hmm. when you think of the area, most people generally think, oh my God, that area is so um, affluent, whatever. Yeah, it is on the high streets. Go on yeah. the main roads, whatever. It looks good, but go behind and it's a disaster. It's such a disaster and it's such a shame because how areas are funded are based on its affluence, of course. So now an area that's so deprived isn't actually getting their full needs met because there's not enough quote unquote funding in the area to fulfill and support their needs because the affluent side outweighs it and makes it balanced. Mm. So in my borough trust now, so I was working in, we, we were split into two and last year I was on the um, affluent side and now I'm in the more deprived side and I can tell you the needs are completely different but there's not enough incentives for both and yeah. this is still within the same borough within the same borough okay within the com- and even me I thought that this borough was so posh mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that place and plus we even get paid more even compared to like a borough down the road even like it's just so crazy but it's actually completely different. The needs are completely different. Like certain things, there's, I was saying the more affluent side, you have a lot more of mental health, emotional well-being, etc. 
and then in the deprived side it's just literally meeting the basic needs which then can develop into the whole um what's it called again um emotional well-being as well mm-hmm. so in africa oh in africa oh god i forgot what it's called but there's something there's a there's a term is a certain type of neglect when you actually do have everything i'm actually gonna find it i can't remember what it's called from the top of my head ah oh, I, I get what you mean though of- yeah and oh god it's also when no so basically you're deprived in an area where your parents are not there for you or you don't have parents or carers i'm gonna actually find this i'm actually gonna find it when i think about it but i think what we don't realize is that having too much and having too little of something is still bad do you know even you have like a balanced diet they say don't eat too much vegetable don't eat this it has to be balanced Mm -hmm. and i feel like both ends don't have that balance and this is why we have people presenting with different needs yeah at different times and sometimes i know people say this sometimes people say ignorance is bliss so for example the example that diane gave unfortunately that mother is probably deprived where she's come maybe from a culture where they have to breastfeed because it's free yeah yeah so for them because it's free she has to do that she doesn't have an option to say oh sometimes too much options creates problems yeah you know i mean she doesn't have the option to say oh maybe i want formula then when it comes to formula oh baby my baby's not taking this formula my baby's not taking that formula oh i have to go and buy this formula now now i have to go and buy this fancy milk and this and that where it's like hold on a second if you can just give the breast milk it is better but then again that creates problems because you have a situation where what if a mother is not making enough milk what if her child is not latching and then you have the concerns there so i think in all unfortunately we don't have the cure to fix everything and i feel like people believe that we do yeah because they're putting their problems onto someone else or someone else should go and fix it yeah but there's a limitation to what we can do Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's across the whole board but it's also us understanding that there's a limitation to what we can do yeah like it's all good and well us saying it but we could be working with these families and like you said i'm gonna be that superhero <laughs> i can't yeah. do it i can't i'm not a superhero in my own life thank you <laughs> but you know we want to do it for everyone else because yeah. this also goes back down to like the whole safeguarding thing like you want to know that you you dotted the i's and cross the T's and that things look perfect when it comes down to it. God forbid something happens and you have to be called up. You want to know that everything has been done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, I found the term, by the way, guys. Sorry. What, what is it? it? It's affluent neglect. And neglect ah. can occur when parents are too busy to spend time with their children, hiring, hiring nannies or sending their offspring to boarding school whilst they spend time traveling for business or pleasure. That makes a lot of sense because we also see that too. Yeah, and that's why you have the emotional neglect side. And that's when yeah. they become different because you then have children at a young age, unfortunately, turn into alcohol, turn into drugs, wherever. Then after you have them, um, they're re- suicide rates, etc. They're really stressed when it comes to also achieving in school. Now, yeah. I do know that people of deprived um, backgrounds do have that, stress as well because it's like I want to be better I want to be better than my family but also those that are in a family that the standard is already set they have to meet it or meet it higher yeah yeah and even that comes with as we all know that comes with its own struggles yeah because I can know I know I can look at my own family Mm -hmm. I think out of my sisters I am definitely not the academic one but I've done I've done well for myself Mm -hmm. yeah and you know 
well I don't want to say I set the bar low because that's not the case but mm-hmm. my sisters have come past and surpassed me and that's what I want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but in some of these families everyone has to hit that grade at least yes as a minimum and if you don't if you don't do it everything's going to be taken away everything's going to be stripped away you're now a disgrace and it's like what type of life does that put on that child young person or adult Mm -hmm. yeah especially when their parents have achieved these um, grades as well exactly so it's more like if you how can you not do it if we can all do it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where did you come from xyz Mm -hmm. exactly Uh, (laughs) <laughs> there's just oh, there's just so much and so, think so about much. that as a public health nurse you have to be able to identify both ends of this you have to be able to identify these things put in early interventions to ensure that you know children and young people have the best outcome the best chance in life to you know it, the five uh, most good outcomes of every child matters like you have to fulfill all those aims yeah. and it's just like but hold on a second there's only like 1,002 there's only like 1,200 and something registered school nurses in the UK you, wow. you said something at the beginning that you've always wanted to be a school nurse what made yeah. you want to be a school nurse did that stem from um from your undergrad or is it just something you've always wanted to do you guys want the truth or the <laughs> we always want the truth is that we always you want the truth 100 the truth or the textbook answer because i can give you both <laughs> the truth is from the bottom of my heart guys i thought that you know school nurses finish at three o'clock no i hear that i thought you finish at three o'clock i thought you have half terms holidays whatever which you kind of do depending but that was the main that was the perceived benefit for me initially Mm. but then i actually with that interest actually like researched on the role like found out what it was and i think i can do this this definitely suits my interest this definitely is something that i would love to do and Mm. one thing about me if i'm not enjoying the role or i don't feel like i'm actually making a mark i won't do the role so the fact that i actually enjoy my role and i actually enjoy making a difference it very it really supports my practice because i feel like my practice is really intentional so um with that yeah but the initial perk of it was i thought i'd finish at three guys you know i finish at three by the way that no. doesn't happen people actually <laughs> think this and i was like no not at all you finish at five with the rest of the world uh-huh. sometimes even later majority yeah. of the time even later you even come home with the work to do <laughs> me and rio uh-huh. i be doing my notes to- and that's another thing guys like your there's no handover by the way you're not handing over to anybody just to let you know so if you want to say today i'm going to chill and not do my notes tomorrow in the morning they'll meet you there exactly. <laughs> this exactly. is it this That's is the it reality just to let you know what know. i'm literally sitting here quietly and it's actually making me change the way i may practice it's definitely giving me a different perspective. And I can't lie, I may have to look into the course myself because it sounds really interesting. It sounds like a lot of hard work, but I can't lie. It's actually grown my interest. It's worth it for sure. It is. And like, as much as I complain, and God, I can complain. But I mean, it is. Like, as Yvette said, you don't know how much you change as a person. You see things so different. 
um, you look at stuff so differently, you assess different, you observe differently, um, you practice in a completely different way, you challenge yourself that bit more. And mm-hmm. there's public health everywhere. It's public health. It's in everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every, every choice you make, there's a public health initiative there behind it, no matter how mm-hmm. minute, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a good career choice. I won't lie. Definitely. And you know what? Yeah, even if you do it and then you think, oh, I don't actually want to be this nurse or this type of nurse, you can always change your mind. I always say to people, like, nursing is so flexible. Mm. So tra- the skills are so transferable that you're not bound to it. Um, And I definitely feel like it will help with in general nursing anyway, it will help with any kind of nursing because the things that I have learned now, the way you approach things is completely different, like completely different, it's very, and another um, training I would say that's really good, so um, I did this before the skiffing though, but it's the trauma informed practice. So it's just basically like how trauma like affects our um, daily, really, how we make decisions and things like that. So when you are coming across your families and things and things like that, especially the parents as well, when yeah. you have these certain types of training, you really have to look at the parents. And I know that um, we kind of like, even though our population is zero to 19, mm-hmm. when we're looking at the parents is very important yeah so like we were saying earlier on the external factors and things like that when you look at like trauma-informed practice and things like that I know that our aim is to ensure that our population are safe have the right to live things like that but sometimes the incentives or the maybe the early intervention is that you actually might put in place will be for the parents because Mm. they may make some people make some crazy decisions you know in life they do some crazy things and I think we're so quick to point the finger sometimes but what space or what place are they coming from exactly and I feel like the skiffing really challenges you to look at that Mm. really especially when you look at um Bronfen Brenner's ecological theory you look at you the person in the center and then the circles are after so you have the external factors what is there like what's in their media before you actually step out of it and also when you look at like brain development I know I keep on saying this but you know the first seven years of someone's life is so crucial that like just where your brain is a sponge yeah so sometimes you know when you're putting in incentives you really have to look at the upbringing of the parents as well yeah even when you're giving health information how that person's actually taking in that information for diane for example because you've got parents that you might meet for example something like vaccinations yeah you're trying to promote that you're trying to you know sell that to them and no matter what you say no 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 and all you can say is that i'll make of course informed decision exactly it's about how you're going to deliver that sometimes when you look at the person holistically and look at that child Mm. and that's how you ensure that you make every contact count amen preach it and it's honestly you're right it's so true in everything you've said i can't even say more Mm -hmm. it's how you deliver it how you understand it and even the passion for the role shows if you're uninterested and you don't care they won't care it be shown um, yeah it does and I feel like like especially as you said like those first seven years which is why all my friends that have been babies all the people that are around me that have kids I always say to them zero to five I'm so passionate because it's so important I mean your child might not remember those years but you will and what you impart mm-hmm. in them in that time will carry them for later life 
mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. behaviors, their attitudes, how they respond to certain things, how they learn, you mm-hmm. know, um, emotional management, emotional regulation, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how, how they deal with conflict, how they deal in when they're distressed, how they respond when they're happy, when they're sad. Because when you think about it, as a parent, you teach them everything. They start mm-hmm. with you. The learning starts at home. Yeah. You know, for, for example, if, and, and I think when parents say to me things like, I don't want a developmental view, my child is fine. And I think, okay. And I explain why we do a developmental review, what we're looking for, the benefits mm-hmm. of doing one, the opportunity to sign post you to other services that your child can mm-hmm. access for free, possibly. Or even <laughs> just having a conversation about what you need to look out for. And some parents don't want it, which is fine if you've listened to me. And like Yvette said, and I stress that an informed choice has been made. But that's why I feel like the role is so important because, mm-hmm. for example, in other countries, there is no health visa. They, mm-hmm. don't, have this, they don't have this kind of role or, or they have to pay for it, for example. Yeah. Um, and where do you get a service that checks your kid for free? Just because, you know, it's there for a reason. It serves a purpose. And I guess that was one of the reasons why I went into it. And also for people to see people who look like me in the service, that was a big, mm-hmm. big part of it. So that mm-hmm. other mothers could relate and say, well, she looks like me. I can talk to that person. Mm-hmm. I can ask her and feel confident and not feel like she's going to look at me a type of way or I can't say certain things because of who that person is. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely be passionate and, yeah, do what you need to do. No, I totally agree with you. Now you, you guys can think that yeah. I should have... I should have gone and done my skipping training. <laughs> I mean, it's not the same. Time. Listen, time. I'm thinking of doing it myself. It sounds so interesting. And it's both of you come across so passionate about the role. You Like, trust yeah. me, you, you have two to love come it across to so it. passionate. I feel like you. Ha- if you don't love it, you can't do it. But yeah, I feel like yeah. this is, like, Pete's nursing. Because yeah. I can't lie, I, can, I, I can't say the same for adults because I'm not an adult nurse, but... I feel like there's more people that would go into like adult or mental health just because they want the title to say that they're a nurse. But in order, to, I could be very wrong with this. This is just my own opinion. But in mm-hmm. order to be a peds nurse, one, you have to like kids and be yeah. able to deal with parents and carers. Mm. Yeah. And with, and that's with, that's completely in like a whole holistic aspect, not mm. just if they come into A&E or if they're a NICU or on a ward but even in the community settings, because you're pretty much going out to them. They're going to be the ones looking after those children. You want to make sure you can build a good rapport and be able to mm-hmm. provide those services. Mm. 100%. I think you're right, because do you know what? I think when it comes to specialties, you have to actually want to do it. Yeah. yeah. You actually have to want to do it because you're going to be focusing on one thing or one aspect, should I say. So with like peds and stuff like that, when you even go for the interview, you know that out of the how many people there are, there's only probably like 30 spaces. Yeah. You really look for the people that actually want it. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's some people that can slip through the net. Yeah. They've got the gift of the gab and they know what to say. No doubt about that. But I do Mm. feel like specialties, most of the time, really do bring out who actually wants to be here and who is doing it just because maybe you get paid more or things like that Uh, you still will find those people you will but I just feel like there's less like you said there's less of them yeah 
I do feel less of them. 100% when it comes to specialities, definitely less of them. Because you can't go through all that pain and tell me that this is something you don't like. (laughs) No, this is it. You can't. You can't. 100%. And I can't lie, like, this interview was my hardest interview I've ever sat. Is it? All my jobs I've done, I usually come and interview and I'll be like, yeah, I got it. This one, Mm. I was sat in this very living room chair, did the interview finish, and I was like, I don't know if I got it, mum. Mm-hmm. For the, are you like, talking for the course or for yeah, the actual for the job? Skipping, for the skipping. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm-hmm. the I questions are intense, know. though. And yeah, you give it, you give it. I get, I have to give a presentation. Oh yeah, I didn't have to do that. Yeah, I had to. I had to talk about how has COVID nineteen impacted helpers in. What do I think is impacted? And that give like a, a ten minute presentation. That was one of my. That was my first question. How yeah. has it impacted the school nursing role? And do you know I feel like that is not a fair question. It's not a fair question for someone that's never done it before. So yeah. let's say mm-hmm. we could answer that because we were in the role or we've yeah. done the role or we've experienced the role in its natural state. But someone that's never done the role, and this is why anyway, for me, I say that you should have a little bit of physical experience before doing the course. That's just me because mm-hmm. I feel like it's too intense for you to say after you don't want to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you have to have that I kind agree of passion. With you. Do you know what I mean? But um, I do feel like you should have a little bit of experience. And yeah, I feel like the question is not fair. I don't think it's a fair question. It's a hard question, as you said, because you don't really know what... You don't know. Unless like you're we're, all in living, it. we're all living through this pandemic. Exactly. And also, yeah. I feel like that question is not fair in general anyway. Sometimes when you ask questions like that, I don't think it's fair because every area practices differently. So mm-hmm. if someone was a standard school nurse and they was going to come to my workplace, for example, and they said to the person, oh, tell us what the school nurse role is, you would fail because mm. the way my workplace work and the way we do it is so opposite from the standard like it will be very yeah. hard for you to get a job if you ask particularly for our for our workplace now nobody mm. would get a job unless you're not an insider this is so, you wouldn't get a job well as we know nurses more things are about insiders but hey <laughs> <laughs> i mean we can go there <laughs> said it now but boy we can go there back to my point about funding there's always funding there's always room because when it's somebody's mate there's there's funding. there's room for them yeah and yeah. if if a trust wants you they will yeah. tell them how to give you whatever you yeah. want and I, and I always tell people like don't be afraid to ask mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. trust me they will give you what you want if you say i want this mm-hmm. this this they will make, they'll try their best to make mm-hmm. it work for you they need mm-hmm. you Men remember mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. so don't feel like god i can't do this i want it but the, this they're saying that on the application go for it that honestly i agree with you there because that is the one thing i swear by because i've applied for jobs and gotten jobs that i can tell you now i do not i am not qualified to do yeah. but not even just down to gift of the gap if they see that if they like me in interview and they can see that I'm passionate about it, why would we not want you? Why wouldn't we mm-hmm. not want someone that we can mold to what we want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% right. Like, I totally agree with you. And this is where it comes to as well, where people believe <laughs> that you can't negotiate your pay. Mm. This is another thing. People believe. See, people, this, people believe. this I need to know more of because. I, I believe it, but I can't believe that at the same time. I need to know more about this. People say you can't negotiate your pay, and I've had this discussion many a time because of their whole um, agenda for change, whatever. But if you possess certain qualities, 
that are even above the job description or let's say some of it is in the essential rather no they're in the ideal is it ideal rather mm-hmm. than essential you can argue it's for example like now let's say if I'm a prescriber for example and I go somewhere and there's no prescriber in your team and you need a prescriber you will negotiate my salary because you can yeah. justify it with the funding you can it's all about speaking to finance team and your team your managers all the things like that they can negotiate so I don't know why people always believe in their heart that you can't negotiate obviously it's easier to negotiate when you go to a private companies as opposed to NHS yeah. but you the NHS are not above negotiation mm. they're not and I don't know why people think that you know you can't there's many routes when it comes to negotiation you can look at secondments things like that like on the skiffing course the skiffing is a band five role I was still getting paid band six because I was on a secondment but mm. not everybody with me um in my trust was honest comment because people don't have to negotiate some i know someone that even left their job to then go on a course so now when they finish the course they have to apply again like everybody else and what is what is that like why when you're still working in the same trust no people don't know their rights Mm -mm. and this is something i definitely advocate for that for your rights for your pay and things you can do with employment because people will mess you about and let's be honest people yeah. are going to find a way to create the cheapest way of buying oh you. yeah this is the whole point of like this is what they do like management this is what they do this is how they like it's all about numbers they're like mm-hmm. mini accountants even when mm. you're on the road oh we can't buy this because we need to spend money on this maybe syringe driver or that or whatever they are there for the money business like Healthcare is the money making scheme. Like, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? First of all, why are you going to pay someone ten pounds if you can pay them five pounds for the same high quality standard? And mm. this is why I don't like when you go to certain places where certain people might be band sevens doing mm. by five roll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're getting paid big money, but you don't know how to log on to Zoom to show a presentation. <laughs> but the it. band five or... should bust their ass and do it. Or exactly. the other way around, band fives are doing band six, band seven roles even, and just getting, being paid band five. It's so bad. It and the thing is, I think that also stems from nursing. I don't know how to say this correctly. Nursing is very women-dominated, as we know. And yeah. women, I'm just going to say it out here, sometimes we like to sit where we are because we're mm-hmm. afraid of someone telling us no. Mm-hmm. But think, this is you where, mean we're too passive? Yeah, and this is where, mm-hmm. you know... You need to get your boots on. Mm-hmm. And if you want something, you go for it. Because mm-hmm. if, if you, I don't know about you guys, but I know, say, other places I've worked, I've got friends mm. in other places that people won't move on because they're, they're afraid of the unknown. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I'm not that person. I will chop and change. If I don't like it, I am leaving. I'm not staying there while you make me yeah. unhappy. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. But again, no. you see what you just said? Like, people are afraid of change or afraid to move on so why do you think that as a healthcare professional you're gonna go and tell your target audience oh you need to change this and you change it and they're just gonna change it well they're not but this is but you see how you've identified with that and I like that you said that because it just shows your your way of thinking and that's the kind of practitioners we need not oh they don't want to do it okay 
you're actually thinking of why they don't want to change things and you're thinking that because they're scared of certain things yeah but if but then now that means that now when you're dealing with a family and they don't want to change things you're not going to see it as oh they're just too stubborn or they just come over or they don't care about their child you're actually going to see that there's a root cause to this yeah and I think that's what we are missing globally in nursing people's thought process of things and people just stay complacent like you said they stay comfortable so they know that maybe their child is not getting the best education they know that their child may not be getting the best nutrition but they just stick with it because who's the child's getting fed yeah the child's getting fed so it doesn't matter what type of food it is isn't it because Mm -hmm. they're getting fed it's all they can afford so they stay complacent they don't change things and I am actually the queen of not changing things like I don't change (laughs) things like I what I used to be anyway like I'm very black and white like um, for example like I moved I lived in one house like the whole time until I was 20 and I moved house when I was 20 oh my god if it was down to me I would have locked myself I would have chained myself to the letterbox of that house I wouldn't have moved <laughs> anywhere I just forget if it's not broken why are we trying to fix it it works mm. but my environment now when I look at it even as a practitioner ew get me out of there Do you get what I mean? <laughs> exactly but it's now as a practitioner and I've learned I've studied even from the skiffin I look yeah. at like raw like you're actually lucky that your parents were on job, you know, because you could have been some yeah, yeah, girl. This Honestly. is it. This Honestly. is it. You appreciate but then your childhood look- so much. But I can only look at that now as a skiffin. Like yeah. even not going to school in the area that I went to, like just a simple bus journey, I was able to travel and see different things I've seen in greenery and said different kinds of buildings and stuff like that. We so underestimate what we see in our environment. Mm. And this is why people don't want to change because they're scared why should they go for that because they don't know what's there do you get what I mean so it took me like three years to adjust to living into my new house and I think it's because I was going to uni anyway and I was driving and things like that but now that I live here and I'm actually embracing it it's almost going to be like nine years I love it oh, wow. like, why didn't I live here my whole life yeah honestly I've got you my own you I, I could do whatever you definitely hit the nail on the head because I can definitely resonate with what you're saying about the whole home situation. Because mm-hmm. I remember when we first moved out to the sticks, mm-hmm. me and my sisters hated it because there was no one like us and there was what? nothing here. But Where like, did you live before? So, well, I'm a East London. I'm from East London, so I grew up in Stratford, right. and yeah. now I live in Essex. Mm-hmm. Not not deep Essex, but I live in I, I live in Essex, mm. and even that change, it was. When looking back at looking back at it now, I'm like, why would I like why would I still live in the East when it's really not that far away and I can do everything I need to do? Mm. And more. Do you get it? And that's how I feel like we have to look at our families as well. Like, I'm sorry, are they waking up every day? looking out the window and seeing a nice green garden or I wake up in the morning seeing a block of flat scaffolding every day they're redoing the building every day they're repainting this they're doing that what are these children seeing outside of their window Mm. even when it rains I'm in a bad mood let alone having to see scaffolding (laughs) every day this is it and then think of it think of the environment in that block exactly Exactly. what you're having to pass up and down to get to your house what you're having to hear outside the house the sirens, the 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 the, the drug use, the, the lift smells of wee. You know, the lift might be broken today. The house is too small. You can't play out because it's not safe to play out there. Or if you let them play out, who they're going to bump into? You know, this my sweet, it. lovely child could now turn into a deviant because I let yeah. them play out for fresh air. Now, yeah. I'm conf- now I'm conflicted. Do I keep them in the house? But then they become antisocial. 
Yeah. And they, and they withdraw, or do I let them go out and play? But then they have a risk of meeting people I don't want them to associate with. This and these are all the things you need to consider when you're assessing a family. And not to say I didn't do that before, but I think my eye definitely catches things quicker. Mm-hmm. And I think, do you know what? You're right. These are skills that you can utilize everywhere. Not mm-hmm. even, and not just professionally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but like across the board. Even like you would see with, with your own friends, the mm-hmm. ones that you've grown up with, mm-hmm. or the new friends you've made, or and or and even the friends that are willing to make that change mm-hmm. and try something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from the friends that are like, no, I'm just gonna stay in my little box. Mm-hmm. That's all yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's something it just takes to meet that one person. So yeah. I feel like it's very important to have different types of friends, different age friends as well. Like my oldest friend is like almost 40. And people think like, oh, how do you speak? Listen, we speak about things Everything. that we that I don't even speak about. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's just different. And I think it's very important to be in different environments. So where obviously I did live in one area, wherever, and that was just the lifestyle. But I went to school in two boroughs down. So I had to yeah. travel and things like that. At the time, I thought, why can't I just go to school with everybody else? Like, why can't I go to this school? Like, mm. people, even though a lot of people from my primary school did, but my mates, like my hood mates, like they were going yeah. to school. I wanted to go to that school. Why do I have to go to this school? But now as the practitioner, I appreciate it so much more because I don't, I, I didn't actually understand the effects that it had on me positively at the time. Mm. Obviously, yeah, I had to wake up a little bit earlier and stuff like that, but things were just different you meet different kinds of people different walks of life different experiences and this is why change is good it's very important even if you're going to stay in the same practice so for example if you're a neonatal nurse you still want to be a neonatal nurse just go to another area the needs are different yeah like you said the perceived benefits yeah that's another thing well they don't teach us this in nursing in it there's a lot that i did not learn on placement or i did not learn from uni that i learned being a fully registered nurse yes. yeah for real for real and these and are life skills as well experience is the best teacher and I think yeah like as mm-hmm. nurses and anyone that is listening that is you know training to be a nurse whatever you don't really learn to you you are that qualified nurse mm-hmm. and you're, you're mm-hmm. in your face with something for the first time mm-hmm. and and I would always say like all your families they interact with the children you learn too much from them mm-hmm. yeah they teach mm-hmm. you a lot and mm-hmm. if you've lived a sheltered life or you've not been exposed to certain stuff, you will be shocked sometimes by the things that you do see. But mm-hmm. I guess I we're agree. kind of mm-hmm. in a really privileged position that we get to see these people at their most vulnerable at a time yeah. where they're not really sure. They're, they're not cautious, but they're not sure. But you're, I guess, they're watching and learning and observing. And you take mm-hmm. every experience you have, you take it and it makes you better. You nurse mm-hmm. so much better. Mm-hmm. Honestly. It mm. makes such a difference because I can remember even me nurse, when I was on Piku and I, w- I went to this Piku that was miles away. I don't know why, because I'm crazy. Um, you're good. You're better than me, boy. Mate, I, honestly, <laughs> I'll never do that again. I vowed I would never work. I'm, I'm never crossing the river to work again. Let's just put it that way. I'm not doing it. I know people do some reckless journeys. I'm not one of them. Help me out. Mm-mm. It's not necessity. But <laughs> uh, Seeing those nurses who have like trained in certain place, places and stayed in the same place, trained in the same places, stayed in the same places, have gone up the rankings, they don't know any better. No. Tell me about it. All they, they know don't. is their team. Yep. And when you, an outsider, tries to come in, they look at you like, you know, oh, you're the enemy. Yeah. yeah. When really and truly, I'm just bringing a little bit of pizzazz. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to your life mm-hmm. when like I'm doing things and you're looking at me like oh how's she doing this or how do you know this mm-hmm. because you try different things yeah mm-hmm. and like you're willing to change you're willing to learn you're willing to do certain things mm-hmm. and I can only th- I like obviously I haven't done the skiffin but going alongside with what you guys are saying if this is something someone wants to do get up and do it they need to do it don't just wait for you know the time to come or eventually when you get tired and you don't want to do shift work anymore and you think that mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're going, mm-hmm. going into the community is going to be easier for you no if you want to do it the world is your oyster that's um, very important and I like that you said that don't wait until shift work is too much for you do it now do it mm-hmm. when you're in your prime. Do it when you enjoy nursing. Do it when you want to make the most of it out of it. Because at the end of the day, there are no ceiling to our desires. And like I always say, I mean, no time is wasted. And if you decide that, you know what, it's not for me, then it's not for me. Then it's not for you, sorry. But you will learn so much out of this that you don't actually need to be a health visitor, district nurse or school nurse to practice on the things that you learn. Mm. Exactly. It makes such a difference. Ooh. We've been really jumping and diving <laughs> in different conversations, isn't it? Here and there, bang, bang, bang. That's actually, guys, we could be here for 10 hours. You know what? I feel like this is <laughs> this is what people need to hear. Like, mm-hmm. I think, especially like during the summer, well, I don't know what to call this summertime, but the summertime. Oh, wow. Like, this is the time that people need to take some breaks, rejuvenate, recuperate. And get ready for sadly winter. It's it's, it's coming. It's inevitable <sighs> in all fields. But like you need to take a step back and look and see where I am now. Is this where I want to be in a year's time? Mm-hmm. And if not, what can I do to achieve that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reflection is very important. And I always say that you know, don't only reflect when you're in a bad space. Also reflect when you're in a positive space. Reflect on the things that you have achieved positively. Because if you look at maybe how you were successful, you can use that trend to keep on going. And then it's like, exactly. Amen. Honestly, because otherwise you you just become stagnant. And I remember one of my managers always said to me, "Never stay anywhere longer than four years." Because mm. minus three, like if you well, I've never stayed anywhere longer than two years, two mm. and a half years, only because you people get stagnant, and mm-hmm. again, the whole thing with change comes back up because then you become too scared to leave, and then mm. you're wondering, mm-hmm. oh, like it's the devil you know rather than the devil you don't know. But how uh, would you ever? That know? one is killing them. <laughs> like my dad says, change is inevitable. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. it will change without you if you ain't going to change with it. But also, yeah. you're slaving for this job. If you were to ah. drop dead tomorrow, will your job not be out two days later? Two is even too much. They've already got the first specification there. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, HR. <laughs> Can Hello. I put this job out today? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Listen. Later. They've even bumped the salary of the person as well. As well. Let's exactly. This is I'm it. here crying. Guys, in the name of Berna, I cannot come and kill myself. That's yeah. it again. You can say that, that again. And I think I think I had to learn that. Like, and I learned that a lot when I went to the first Ask Nurse event and when I was talking to other other nurses. And you think, hold on, you're sitting on your own talent. You're sitting on your own potential because you think you can't do more than where you are. You need to go somewhere, you need to do something, you need to throw yourself into the arena. Pick up your and play. Like, yeah, and get on with it because I keep thinking I want all this amazing stuff I have to go get it myself 
Who's, yeah. it's not going to drop no in your lap. Gonna, yeah, no one's going to call you and say, oh, you've been a nurse for this many years. It's I mean, come and do this. it will drop in your lap if you look like a certain type of way, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. And that's the truth. As we all know, yeah. we have to work like, a little bit harder. Well, not a little Sit. bit, a lot harder. Yeah. But if there's something it's I want, true. I'm going to go out and get it. I'm mm-hmm. not waiting for anyone else. Yeah, but the thing is, again, that should be with everything in life. Mm. you get it so I think that's another thing that I think the skiffing does and I speak about this course a lot it really lets you get to know yourself as well yeah you do because this if you can't stand the rain you will learn to stand the rain because this course has plenty rain like sometimes I could be sitting here and I just be like oh like oh my god why did I do this why did I do this somebody help me I need a defibrillator get me some oxygen put some salbutamol in this nebulizer for me because I can't breathe mate but it and really makes it. you see that, do you know what? Okay, I need to maybe be a bit more organized. I need to be a bit more flexible in this area. I need mm. to find my learning style. I need to see how I retain information. I need to observe how I practice. I need to, you know, reflect on my practice. What am I doing right now? What can I do to improve? Sorry, resilience and adaptability as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially with this online resilience. learning. Resilience. Oh. Honestly, like <laughs> I said, like, ability as well. Oh. Honestly, like I've said, watching you two go through this course. Boy. But do you know one thing? I made it my mission to still have fun. And you did. Because if I didn't. <laughs> Mate, you, you even went to Ghana for however long and then went to go and enjoy. That one I had to go though. I need that. Like Ghana's my safe haven. Mm. Like I needed to go. Like I'm already going. I've already got, got my ticket for this year already. Amen. Like, You're not I'm wasting no me. time. No, no, no. This time I'm even going for four weeks. Go, go enjoy yourself. Go let your hair down and do not take the laptop this time because it's not getting opened. Nah. No, 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 no. It's not coming with me. It's not coming with me at all. Gosh, no, no, no. But yes. That's what life is about. I think of like the reward that Mm -hmm. now you're done. Because I look at it now and I think, wow, like people still DM me and ask about getting on the course, asking about how it is. And I love mm-hmm. to help those people. And you think, I wouldn't be in the place I am to help them if I didn't have the experience and the knowledge mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. course behind me to stand up and say, yeah, I've done this, do this, do that. But, you know, just do this, do that. And I'll say to everybody who's a nurse or any other health professional, network, network, yes. network, network. Mate, not even just healthcare professional, anyone. Anyone. F- F- any yeah. professional. You know, network. Because you don't know. Yeah. Somebody but your network is your network, isn't it? This is it. This is it. The thing that's is, you don't know it. until you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why you need to network. That mm-hmm. is like networking is the key to success because sometimes you think, right, I didn't know I could do that. Or like, right, really? That exists? Like, what? Mm. Like, huh? See, and this came from like, I think it was the brunch that me and Diane went to. Yeah, oh, yeah. I missed that one. Oh, that was my favorite brunch. Okay, that was our third. That was my third event. That, and that, that was my brunch? best event ever. That brunch, I'm, I'm actually really there. happy that we went. Oh, oh my god, I like, love that. You know, you sit there and you deep. I remember sitting there and I even had tears in my eyes. And I was thinking, like, Dan, you need to do something. Like, you need to do something. This is a push. You've mm-hmm. come to this event for a reason. I'd come from a night shift that night. I was going okay. back to a night shift that same day after, and you meant it. 
I had to be there. And I was just like, oh my God. And that's why even the birth of the podcast became more of like, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. I used to talk about it on night shifts all the time, but would never act on it. So when it came to a point of, okay, do you know what, Dan? Just do it. What the hell? Even if you have two dedicated listeners every week, you have two of them. Mm -hmm. But you've done something and you've achieved it and you've achieved your own personal goal. And sometimes Um, you're only meant to meet, you're only supposed to connect with that one person though. That's it. Exactly. Not about the numbers. Yeah, 100%. Numbers are cute, but but if they don't engage, then exactly. what? Or oh, your purpose is not to meet them. It's all about yeah. purpose when it comes to like running these things. It's about purpose because who are you destined to contact? And sometimes that's what I always say as well. It's not about learning from me personally. It's about who you can meet through me. So mm-hmm. that's my aim kind of thing. That's my main aim is about networking and just meeting new people and just, yeah, cracking on because this nursing, <laughs> if you don't have people that actually understand you, you will listen when you're dead because you will <laughs> die. <laughs> exactly. So with that being said, is there any more brunches coming up? <laughs> I'm definitely I'm joining saying, this one. All I'm saying, guys, is like honestly, that last us well, uh, last us nurse. Well, why can't I speak? Never it's, it's the baby. Oh, it, it really is. Honestly, baby brain is not fun. But the last brunch, the last ask nurse brunch that me and Diane went to, which was well, the first one we attended. Yeah. 2019, you know, December 2019. Yeah. It was great. It was amazing. Honestly, like if if Yvette, you know, comes back with a bang and she drops a brunch, don't miss out. As in, get your tickets and go. Even if you go by Please. yourself, go. Because, because you, yeah, you definitely meet other people. Themselves, you know, and I find it's that I'm not really a by myself attendee person, but yeah, I actually big give it to the people that actually do that, that actually come by themselves. Like, yeah, it definitely is a safe space. You definitely yeah. will meet people that are friendly and whatever. So if you do want to come back, I'm just saying it as if it's coming, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, when I actually think about it, okay, so this is the first time I'll be saying this. There is a return date. Whether I I stick to the date or not is another thing. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But there's a return date because people be harassing me all the time. Like, I mean, and it's good to have a support system as well that believes in something that you do. Because Mm. I'm like, no, you can't let it go. You can't let it go. You work so hard, and I get that. Mm. But. I am so before I used to feel bad when I used to take breaks, guys. Honestly, I used to feel bad. But I have been off now since the eleventh of June and it's been the wow. best time. I can ever. imagine. Like, but I think I you need it because well, mm. from whenever I first followed your page, you have been so active and like I know you've got a team behind and... you and everything, but it takes work, it takes commitment. You've also taken on this course, which is not easy, alongside life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think with a team as well, having a team is great and everything. But with my team, obviously, with you guys, there's three of you and three of you are all like on it together. But with me, because it's me that I'm the face, whatever. My team is there to yeah support logistics and things like that. But when it comes to directing, I'm still gonna have to direct. So yeah. just like like yeah. you sign off on stuff or you're executing certain things. Yeah. Like you are you are asking us. You're the brand. You're the face. Yeah. So it's just like. Yeah. 
it has to be me, unfortunately. And so, yeah, I had to take the break, to be honest. Um, one thing I am concerned about, though, is like going back to filming again. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go behind the camera again. I don't know. It's going to feel Why? Like you're, you're a beautiful babe. I don't know. I'm just like, I don't know. Like recording, the thought of even having to set up, take out my lights, all of that. I'm just like, really? Then to edit. Filming is the easiest part. Editing, mm. as you guys know. Mm. Yeah. I was gonna say you're really engaging though. Like I've literally been here just listening, and you're so engaging. You think so? I think I just yes. (laughs) No, you're so engaging. You've got an engaging voice. You keep it active. You don't like. You don't have a monotonous voice. No, you're really engaging. My voice is so annoying. No, but don't forget, you all like we all find our own voices annoying. Like I can never listen to my own voice notes. Like yeah, no, I can't. Even like the podcast, like sometimes I hear myself speak and I think, oh my god, dang, god, yo, sound like that. (laughs) Honestly, I'll be like, who's actually gonna listen to me? You guys sound fine. (laughs) Trust me, you guys sound fine. I actually listen. You guys sound fine. I think with this one, I'm going to listen to it back myself. I'm going to put it on two times. So I'm like, just going to have my voice like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> me? Like, when I have to edit videos, I'm like, really? Like, I actually have to sit through this and hear myself. Like, this is so annoying. I figure people must think you're so annoying, mate. But honestly, I'll be back before be. the year ends. Mm-hmm. It's almost three years. So. Oh wow! Or even if you come oh, back God. with like new structures, because life will be different. Post course, more responsibilities. Yeah. Like, let's see in it. Yeah, yeah, let's see. I will yeah. figure it out somewhere, and I do know as well. Like when I finish this week, I'm going to be off, isn't it? So yeah. I'll just see. Yeah. I'll just plan things. Don't mean I'm actually going to do it, but yeah. I'll look and plan things and see how it goes as well. Have discussions about it, like moving forward. But yeah, there is a return date, <laughs> guys. You heard it here first, live and direct. Literally, exactly. I'm actually not announcing it on the page because then I. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like people will be back waiting for you, waiting for that date. Like, why are you not back? Yeah, I'm exactly, back yesterday. Exactly. Because these times when I was saying one week and now it's been almost two months. So but I know. Like, I, I think yeah. you need to be kind to yourself and take that break. Yeah. Mm. Like, regardless well, of the course and, and other things that I don't know you may possibly mm-hmm. have going on, you need to be kind to yourself. Even with that yeah. being said, guys, we have to announce that we are taking a little break. For I want to say the summer, but again, this is not summer. Whatever this summer. is, um, as you all know, I am about to have a baby. Um, <laughs> yes. I can't lie. As much as I love you all, I, I can't. I can't do this with a newborn. I need to adjust to, to the latest edition, the, the new normal, exactly, and try and see how life will be. Need to so, find her feet, you know, find her genesis quasi so guys when she's back. Give me the right energy. Do you get what I mean? Exactly. exactly. You know, during this time, just continue to support and stuff like that. Continue to watch. Um, I say watch because because we're face to face right now. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> listen and get the plays up. That's what we need, guys. Know. So yeah. you know, you know what? You can never listen to something once, guys. So. I'm here to do spokesman today. Be going back and be listening to all the other episodes again. There's it. something you definitely missed. That's for sure. Definitely. 
but honestly it's been so lovely having you come on the podcast i know we've spoken about it for ages but i feel like this was perfect this is episode 60 so i'm returning guys on episode 100 (laughs) come on come on we're gonna hold you to that (laughs) i'm here i'm here literally this was fun honestly i feel like we're just having such a girly chat and honestly. guys you know what? what we've just done you'd be so surprised but it's really like it takes like a weight off our shoulders without us even knowing yeah mm. so speak to your nursey girlies nursey men as well because there are men in this profession wherever mm-hmm. you can find them but yeah just a nice way to end my night because i had a long work from home day today well, I'm happy. Love is about to come on. It's so extra mistiness. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> cannot wait indeed. But guys, as always, feel free to hit us up on our socials. Um, for well, I'll do Yvette first. For Yvette, you can hit her up on Ask Nurse. Like she said, she is taking some time out. So guys, don't all just go and inbox her right now. Yeah, and her yeah, at is at Ask Nurse, and I think that's yeah. the same for her Twitter account. Yeah, just an underscore on the end. And but you'll find it when she types Definitely. And honestly, look back, go through her her I was gonna say pictures, go through her posts and her videos. She's literally just like just like us, like we're all normal people here. Regular, regular. Ex- exactly. Providing a service that is very okay. useful. So honestly, guys, go through her page. There's some great tips and advice there. And also, you can network through her page. So, yes, guys. Also, get in the comments and see. And mm-hmm. also, if you want to hit us up at the podcast, you know, you guys know, hit us up at the Nursing Handover podcast um, for our Twitter. I always get this wrong. At underscore. No, I got it wrong. I've said it wrong. Yeah, at, at the underscore handover. Why do I always do this? Why? You have a lot to say. That's why. Clearly. but yeah i was gonna say until next week guys but no guys we will be off for a little bit but look forward for the return there will be things coming up on the page and don't forget we've currently got a giveaway happening Mm -hmm. and i mean I entered multiple times, so I just want to say, guys, you guys can enter and everything, but I'm leaving the heat of it. But guys, get entering, follow all the steps, and I believe the winner, the winner, will be announced on the 23rd of August. Yeah, so look out for that, guys. Can't wait to see who wins, and hope that you enjoy the stuff in the camper. I will. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time, guys, take care, stay safe, enjoy your break, go through the pages and see there's so much information there. And yeah, just network, guys. Is there anything that you guys would like, before we completely sign off, is there anything that you guys would like to say or anything or share? I've, Mm. I've actually been blown away by Yvette appearance today honestly i was so engaged oh, i turned you. into a listener myself honestly <laughs> that's fabulous <laughs> thank you um i just want to say you know episode 60 <laughs> you know very proud of the podcast very proud of the girls and you know to the next 60 and beyond amen everyone this is like, it this have is a, it like, have a great summer have a good rest recharge reset mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and anyone that's going to whisk kids i want a ticket yes. <laughs> i'm going i got a ticket mate i'm Don't gonna be outside 
wait dancing at the O2 because I'm still going to hear it. Because... And you guys are going to see me in the crowd like, oh, come on, come on. <laughs> but guys, honestly, my last verse is that the sky's your limit. There are no ceiling to our desires and just go for it, go for it, go for it. Amazing. So with all that being said, guys, take this all on board. Listen, listen, listen. Share this with your mum, your uncles, your friends, your families, your granddad, your dogs, whoever. Share it with everyone. Mm. So until next time, guys, take care. And we will be back soon. See you later. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, how do I...